Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. everybody, and today I want to welcome you to NR513's Professional Role Development Podcast 3. I am Dr. Carrie Simpson. I am an Associate Professor for the MSN Accelerated Track, and I am so happy today to have with me as my special guest, Dr. Diane Anderson, who I'm going to have introduced here in a second, but she today is going to be discussing the importance of professional role development and ways for advanced practice nurses to get involved, as well as even just even at the registered nurse level. Dr. Anderson, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello and welcome. I have been in nursing for just over 40 years now. I have taught for about the past 15 years, but I have a lot of history in the clinical side of nursing, which is, of course, takes up the biggest portion of my career. And i began as an ICU nurse, and that was probably one of my biggest loves in nursing and have been in various roles of administration. I currently am an assistant dean for Chamberlain for the MSN specialty tracks and the accelerated track and the RN to MSN track. So I'm very happy to be here and to maybe give you some insights on my thoughts about some of the professional role development topic that we're going to be getting into here. We are so happy to have you with us today. So I really just kind of wanted to get started, and I am certain that many of our listeners today have heard this at their jobs as well as in their education journey. We hear about the importance of continued education in the profession of nursing. And so when we hear that and we hear it talked about, Dr. Anderson, why is this important and what what is the reasons that our nurses and the benefits of them returning to school. Can you discuss that? Absolutely. I think you've all probably heard the term lifelong learning. And in the healthcare profession, I think this is just um, something that, that we all really need to be cognizant of. And the fact is that continuing education gives nursing or any healthcare provider really fresh information which we look at as evidence-based practice that can be implemented in our everyday professional practice in order to improve patient outcomes. Let's face it, we know that nurses do not practice by the same standards that they did 20 years ago or even five years ago for that matter. And so I believe it's very important for nurses to make every effort to stay informed of impending changes to their nursing practice, no matter where they practice or the type of nursing that they practice. I know that we all know that healthcare is just constantly, rapidly changing and advancing all of the time. And this is probably one of the most important reasons that we as professional nurses do not want to be left behind. And also, continuing education can help you accomplish many different goals. And as you spend time devoted to learning, the outcomes can also be positive for your career job satisfaction and your overall lifestyle. Think about this element too. Improving your career then trickles down to the rest of your life because you're, you're more satisfied, you're happier in your job, 
and you've got more opportunity for advancement to make more money as examples. Not that making money is, you know, everything, even just finally getting that job that you really love, that kind of is a part of that whole package deal. Something else that you might want to consider in, in order to make a career change, oftentimes you've got to have more education. So whether you enjoy learning or you want a higher paying job, better job satisfaction, continuing education can be pursued at any time during your career. So continuing education along with advanced degrees can open up previously closed doors or lead to better job opportunities. And I can personally attest to this as I have advanced in my education, the opportunities for me to end up in a place that I really love has really also opened up exponentially for me. I totally agree. I feel the same way. The experience I've had along the way in growing in with the advanced degree as well as these opportunities for continued education have definitely supported me with additional opportunities and growth for my role as an associate professor. So thank you so much for that, Dr. Anderson. When we also think about specialization and we think about the advanced nursing education, how does looking at specializing lend to its growth as the advanced practice nurse in education? Well, I'll speak to my own roots in nursing. And again, I've been practicing for over 40 years and thinking about at one point in time, back when probably I was a baby nurse and, and for years after that, we, we were basically jacks of all trades. You were the admission nurse, you were the nutritional expert, you provided specialty care such as wound care, you did some respiratory types of treatments, diabetic education, rehabilitation, discharge, you were the transport nurse, medication and, and teaching of the patient and so on. So you kind of get my gist here. So that said, how can one person do all of that now? And the simple answer is you really can't. Or if you could, would you be really doing it well? Because it, it really takes a lot of time and education in specialty areas in order to come out in that quote unquote expert role in a specific specialty of nursing. So again, the acuity of our patients these days are much higher and we cannot possibly know everything about everything. Sure, we get a brief intro in it in nursing school and, and maybe we learn a bit more as we begin in practicing in our professional practices, but evidence-based specialty care ensures the best possible patient outcomes as we come to rely on experts who have really devoted time and hours in continuing education exclusively in their areas of expertise. And I believe we saw the medical profession begin to do this long before nursing did, you know, when, when physicians started to branch out and specialize in cardiology, pulmonary, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, we began to see that, you know, patient outcomes started to improve in kind. So to me, it makes sense, you know, with the acuity of the patients that we face today, that we do have professional nurses that are experts in specific areas of practice to give the patients the best opportunity for the best possible outcomes. And so, Dr. Anderson, I know you've had significant background as a manager over various uh, units in your experience with dealing with your nurses and, and working with them and encouraging them to either specialize or go back for additional education, 
how can organizations and nursing leaders support this cause and promote that return to school? Because sometimes that can be a little fearful for staff nurses and, and taking on that extra responsibility. So what are some suggestions you have? Because some might be on this, or listening to this and they may be in that position either from the end of being a manager or from the position of being a staff nurse. And so what might be some recommendations you would have? Sure. I think this is something that's really paramount in order to be successful when you attempt to go back to school and especially if you're returning to higher education in order to better yourself. I wish I could say that all organizations have a vested interest in supporting those that return to school, but sometimes it's truly a double-edged sword and, and that's just being honest. This is something that will vary quite a bit, although I do think that things tend to kind of side on the part of the employee that is working to better themselves because it has been proven through research and so forth that nurses that carry higher degrees have more education. It certainly is linked to you know, better patient outcomes. But that being said, leaders are almost always going to be obligated to provide patient safety and quality of care first. But that said, there are just as many who value learning and supporting those wishing to better themselves. I think that some of the biggest issues in obtaining higher education, and especially for those nurses that choose a bricks and mortar or traditional college classroom over an online option, would be scheduling. So being accommodating with nurses that have class on specific days, other issues such as being able to return to school and to be able to afford it would benefit from an employer that offers tuition support if it's available. And then, of course, dangling that proverbial carrot, in other words, offering a better position based upon degree advancement would be an appealing option. And also, it's an incentive for the student to do well. And I know that a lot of institutions have grade-based tuition reimbursement where if they do not achieve a particular grade, then they would not be reimbursed you know, for that tuition that particular semester. So I think that as nurses, whether we manage people being supportive as best as we can while keeping our patient safety obligations always front and foremost in our minds, but I do believe that and I have been able to manage schedules so that people have been able to have the time that they needed in order to be able to attend school, especially if it's a bricks and mortar. Now, if it's online, I think that's a whole lot more flexibility for a student to be able to, to do their work and work around their school schedule. And that's, that is definitely some great points. Have you ever had a specific situation where, and, and some might run into this, and, and again, I'm just kind of asking this off the cuff, and if, if it's something like you can't recall, you know, anything off, off the top, did you ever have a situation where it was very difficult for supporting and maybe what might have been some additional resources that as a leader or as a manager to support that student could be looked at? And, and again, I'm not sure if this is something, so I just wanted to, you know, because sometimes just providing an additional scenario just might even be like, oh, yeah, I've experienced that or, or oh, that's that's a great point. Maybe that's some additional resource I could look at. Well, knowing that nursing is indeed very cyclic, I've had issues where you have had bare bones staff on a unit 
and sometimes you know if you have sort of a float pool or even access to travel nurses although you know the expense of travel nurses is really kind of a, a no-no you know unless you absolutely have to i'm not sure in institutions today if they would consider education a valid reason in order to be able to use somebody that's a traveler but you know oftentimes encouraging staff to kind of work together to you know how can they help one another to switch up a day or two in order to get the time that they need to be able to to get to classes especially if it's a bricks and mortar type of situation like I said, it's not so bad if they're an online student, but where you have scheduling problems because of someone that has to be off specific days, I think that the first thing is, of course, to find someone that maybe can switch with you. Second, if you have access to float nurses that can kind of step in, you know, you have to cover a shift anyway if someone's ill, which is something that would be obviously more urgent. This is something that would need to be very well planned out and absolutely having that conversation with a manager these are your needs and working with them as best as you can using whatever the resources that facility has to offer. That is some great key points. And I definitely that allowing that opportunity for the team to be as a work as a team and, and support each other. I think those are some great points, Dr. Anderson. And so I think this goes into the next question quite well. And I'm sure many on that are listening are going to go, oh, yes, I've been asked this. Talking about the five-year goal and why that is important, not only for the nurse, kind of getting an understanding, like, where do I want to be in five years? But the organization, too, in, in, in supporting that nurse in completing and reaching that goal. Why is that five-year goal important? Well, looking at it from from two sides, if if you are an employee, I would think that at some point you would have been asked this question by your manager and having been a manager, this is a question that I have asked employees and coming from a management perspective, this is something that you really want to know, you know, what does this individual aspire to do? You know, what's it going to take in five years to help support them get to where they want to be, whether it is, you know, working with them as far as education. We just talked a little bit about that. You know, how am I going to help support this employee, pointing them to the resources available in that particular institution or facility in order to help them achieve that, giving them some thoughts on where you see them going based on performance. And at the same time, as an employee, this is something that you really do want to think about. And I remember back in my early nursing days, you know, being asked this question, what's your five-year plan? Well, I just want to get through the next five years and not kill anybody. I remember thinking that at one point in time, you know, but I do think that oftentimes we are our own worst enemies and, and truly you are the only one that stands in your own way to the growth and, and also guilty of continuously questioning your own worth in order to achieve the greatness that you seek. So making excuses or actually looking for reasons to not achieve the goals you want for yourself sometimes can be the case. And I think everybody needs to learn to get out of their own way and allow themselves to grow during all stages of their lives and their careers. 
and I've really heard people say, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too set in my ways. I don't think I'm smart enough. I'm too old school, et cetera, et cetera. But nobody can change that type of thought process but you. So simply explained, a five-year plan or a strategic plan is a roadmap to helping you to plan and then successfully achieve these as desired outcomes. And I think we all do this kind of thing, maybe when you're planning a wedding or buying a home, when are we going to have children? So why would you not do the same when it involves your livelihood? So it does require the creation of a disciplined thought process and a plan that requires you to make fundamental decisions and actions that will shape and guide who you are, where you're going, what you do and how, and when and why you do it. So you do this all in steps with a clear focus on that goal and on the future. And this is an important process to put in place to achieve personal goals. So can that plan go off track? Absolutely. Just like our ADPI process in nursing, you can always reevaluate, revise, and then re-implement when needed. But you've got to begin with a goal in mind and then plan out the steps that you will take to achieve that goal. That has some great key points, Dr. Anderson. I think also from the organizational standpoint, I think it would be great for them to have that understanding as well, because certainly Supporting our nurses provides an, an additional level of satisfaction in helping them achieve those goals. And we certainly want to make sure our, our nurses feel supported, encouraged, empowered to, to grow and reach those goals. And so I find that so important and some great points you just provided. So I'm going to switch it up here a little bit and kind of take us down the realm of getting involved in other areas uh, outside of just the organization, but thinking along the lines of professional organizations and why it's important to kind of look at those organizations and see what's a best fit to support your needs and specialty. So Dr. Anderson, could you discuss a little why you believe becoming involved in professional organizations is important and should be a staple for all professional nurses. Oh, there's so many organizations out there and so little time. I think if only we could be a part of all of the ones that interest us, boy, wouldn't that be awesome? The thing is, most nursing organizations end up being our biggest advocates, and that's their role. Having a membership in professional organizations is, is one way for professionals with like interests to connect in order to represent or be the voice of many professionals rather than just have one voice that maybe you're griping to someone about. This is the opportunity to join with a group that can lead to personal growth, enhanced professional perspectives and knowledge development, along with support and opportunity for creating change. It's a great way to network and learn from other professionals. And it's an opportunity or a stage for you as an individual to share your experiences on a greater level. You know, some of these organizations are nationwide, but some of them are national too. And just having that opportunity to interact with those nurses that have the same interests as you and to learn from them something that has worked, you know, in another nation or even another state. It's just, it's a really wonderful way to be able to connect with like-minded professionals. It also gives you the opportunity to have access to research or journals and things like that that would also benefit you as a nursing professional. So 
I really would strongly advise you to to look into the various nursing organizations out there that closely align with your own interests or specialty and hop on board with them. Absolutely. I know I learned so much when I I attend professional organizations, seminars that delve more into academia as that is my background and just some suggestions and support from other who have the same background as I do as far as maybe methods for improving the course or our suggestions for best learning, creating a more diverse classroom. I just think those are phenomenal areas that support me in my role. And, and just having being involved in that and learning more about that just benefits me in my role so much more. So I totally agree with you on this very important initiative to be involved. And so I want to take us now into just kind of what are ways that are the nurses here can get involved and and become a voice for not only our profession, but patient care? That's a great question. And of course, one way is, as we've already discussed, is through many of the professional organizations that you can be a part of. Some of the other things that I would suggest are becoming a part of hospital or healthcare facility committees where changes such as this may be topics and um, some that off the top of my head would be ethics committee, maybe morbidity, mortality, regulatory compliance. That's an awesome way to really look at tracks and trends as far as patient safety issues to examine, you know, kind of the root cause factors and getting in there to study what happened and why and and what is a fix that we can come up with to stop whatever the trend is. Maybe it's patient falls. You know, everybody is worried about patient falls because that's one of the things that, you know, if a patient falls on our watch, Medicare doesn't pay for for injuries related to things that they consider to be very preventable. So I think it's really important also for nurses to have a voice in government. Having the nurses influence in healthcare policies, it protects patient safety, it helps to increase quality of care. It also facilitates access to required resources that are needed. So it kind of gives you an in-the-know perspective of, of what's going on in, in government with regard to healthcare and, and nursing. The topic of patient-nurse ratio is a huge one right now in government and those that feel passionately about changes that need to happen with regard to how many patients are we expect to manage at once. You know, those are the types of things that if you're, you're passionate and you're feeling strong about a certain issue, then that's where you need to get involved is, is starting out with local government maybe and moving your way up. But having the opportunity to impact patient and healthcare policy, as well as decisions and the matters that are related to health through political partnerships or effective communication and collaboration with other members of the healthcare team, those can all potentially result in improvement of the nurse's job environment and ultimately, as well as increasing patient safety and outcomes. So I cannot stress that enough. I think that it is an area that we're not real strong in as nurses, but I do know that it kind of loops back to some of our um, nursing organizations that are very involved in that. And so that's just another reason why you want to get involved and belong to nursing organizations, just even for this type of thing. 
so agree. And I love the point made about picking an area, picking something that you're passionate and, and really exploring that, looking at the evidence. What is evidence saying currently right now as far as best practice? And based on what you're seeing, looking at that and asking the question, can we do better? And how can we do better? Start small. I just think those are some really important key points too when you're looking at looking at something that you feel passionate about and getting involved. And what organization would best support that? As you mentioned, there's so many out there, but various organizations do have very specific initiatives. And so really kind of doing your homework to know which one to get involved in. I think that that is such a great point. And so I really wanted to thank you today, Dr. Anderson, for discussing some of these very important topics as far as continuing education, professional organizations, the importance of specializing, looking you know, at why as an organization, as well as an advanced nurse, it is important as growing and developing that five-year plan and why that is important as well. Do you have any closing remarks before we end the call? No, um, I thank you for having me and uh, I wish you all the, the greatest success in your academic journey. Think about this as you move forward in the program and even as you start thinking about your practicum project. A lot of students base one of their passions on the practicum project that they eventually choose. So it just gives you some food for thought, but again, best wishes, and I'm really happy that to be able to have the chance to chat with y'all today. Dr. Anderson, we are so happy you joined us and for your knowledge and background to support these important concepts in NR513. Thank you again. Now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules, if you have not done so already, please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts.